the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black. Goal of the show is to educate you financially within reason. You're not going to get a master's in day trading. You're not going to get a master's in how to get rich quick. It's to kind of be aware of the financial things happening around you from my perspective. And I say that with all the respect in the world. We're not taught this well in elementary school or high school. You have to find almost like a community college to get information in financials. That's going to change for sure. And then 21st century comes along. and We get more social media and people are like, hey, I can share knowledge with you. And I think that's great as long as you know who the person is who's sharing knowledge. There is a very popular um, young woman right now, Katie, and she's got a great app slash blog slash Instagram money with Katie. I'm good with it. But then I go, okay, I think her content's great, but what's her background? How long has she been doing it? It's literally meant for people under 25 because she's under 25 instead of some white guy who's 60 years old, who's the financial guy that you saw on TV growing up. I.E. feels like me, right? No. Um, See, I don't wear suits. I try to look accessible, but always try to know where it's coming from. For instance, there's a great, and with Katie, my quickest thought I can tell you is that she's young. That's her only problem I could throw out. I don't see any conflict of interest of her trying to sell anything. I think that's the rub. So what's going to happen with healthcare costs in 2023? I saw this article in Kiplinger. K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R dot com. And I was like, that's something that's always good to come back to people and explain what's going to happen. Health insurance premiums and drug costs will rise a bit more than usual next year. So inflation, right? Health insurance premiums are expected to pick up to 7% to 8% in 2023, slightly more than the average 6% of the year-over-year increases. The health insurance premiums and drug costs are going to rise 7 to 8%. No big deal to you, big deal to someone who's on regular medication. The main difference this year with previous years is the higher prescription drug costs will jump about 10%, the highest in the past decade. What are the reasons for this, you say? Pharmaceutical companies are introducing better, more expensive drugs for a number of important conditions. There's a new drug to treat HIV. It's much more effective, but also twice the cost of the previous treatment. When you're treating autoimmune diseases, your body becomes resistant to the drug that you're putting in your body. It builds up tolerance. Again, I think that's really worthy of noting. Total drug costs would be tempered by other brand names that were being used to replace generic. Generics on a regular basis, we'll replace brand names of major pharmaceuticals. And that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with a generic guy. One of the funnier things that I learned in business 
just from years doing this is that it, it takes a high school to degree will buy premium products, brand names, and a college degree will go for generics. So in my kitchen, I've got these incredible cans of tomato sauce that were flown in from Italy. Totally Italian. They look totally Italian, right? I've never used them. They're decoration. In my pantry, I've got the Safeway Signature brand, which is about 55 to 60% cheaper than the premium brand. Tomato paste, tomato sauce is all the same to me. I know, I know. You're saying you have a lip drop. That's fine. I'm talking in generic terms. When you have kids, um, they don't know the difference between something picked off the vine and not. Something that has a marketing campaign behind it and not. They just like daddy's red sauce. Total drug cost could be tempered by other brand name drugs that are being replaced by generics. Generics are great. They serve a nice purpose. But next year, there's fewer uh, drugs that are going to be replaced with generics. Therefore, essentially, if you're in the healthcare system, if you get sick, if you're in the hospital, if you've got ongoing diseases, it's going to be more expensive, somewhere between 6 to 10% for your health insurance. Now, sometimes people will go, oh, um, you know, out of pocket is X amount of dollars. Coinsurance is X amount of dollars, like maybe $3,000 for a family. You're like, wait, wait, when does, when does the insurance part come in? And I get it like as part of it. And you're like, it's health insurance is the worst. The only thing I hate more is reading a PG&E electricity bill. PG&E will send you 21 pages in a PDF for you to like flip through and you're like, this is my electricity bill for last month? It's pretty obnoxious. And there's like 0.066612.1219993473. So pharmaceutical, another reason the prices are going higher is they charge to private health insurance plans because they anticipate having to lower the price they charge to Medicare. So the Joe Biden... Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is going to be the pharmaceutical company's revenge pricing to help cover the cost of lowering cost of Medicare premiums and lowering, not premiums, excuse me, lowering cost of Medicare costs. Instead of spreading it out with the healthy, we're letting the senior elderly get lower Medicare costs. At a cheaper price, but who's going to pay it for it? The people who are between age 20 and 60 who are working and have a 401k and have health insurance with their company and have that health insurance with the company is going to be a little bit more, it's going to be more expensive for the company. How much does the company eat versus pass on to you? It's just one simple article, but it shows you how much you have to start really learning just the nuances. Of first and foremost, I think one thing that we all need to remember is that the healthcare industry, it's not static, it's dynamic. So when we introduce something like lower Medicare costs for senior citizens in America, the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies are going to go, wait, 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 wait. Let's think about this for a second. Okay, we're going to have less revenue. Got it. Now... Let's all get together and talk. What are we going to do about this? There's nothing in the Inflation Reduction Act that says they're not going to raise private health insurance. Nothing. You can call it Obamacare, maybe. 
Um, and it's interesting because then every now and then you get a genius idea out there. There's a company called GoodRx. They're an app and publicly traded. And let's say you get insulin or you get Plavix or Lipitor, three drugs that you see on TV on a regular basis. GoodRx does a nice job of shopping around your city and saying, oh, Walgreens is selling Lipitor for $1 a pill. Walmart is selling it for 50 cents a pill. CVS is selling it for 75. And there's nothing wrong with you moving your prescription there. Especially if you're going to be taking it day over day over day over day over day. Good RX really hasn't caught on terribly well. And there's another person that you should be aware of, Mark Cuban. He's trying to build a company that goes out and buys drugs at the lowest price possible and then redistributes them to you. I don't really follow this company, so my knowledge is an inch deep, not very. But I think that's another thing. That's that's the innovation in the entrepreneurs who will try to disrupt an industry that the insurance companies and the healthcare companies, pharmaceuticals, kind of don't want disrupted. It's boring, it's predictable, and you can raise prices intelligibly. So anytime you have to lower their revenue, they're going to be dynamic and look for other areas to increase or to go after. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. We're talking about what's going to happen with healthcare costs in 2023. You kind of got to know the players, pharmaceutical companies, Medicare. You got to know insurance companies. And then you get hospitals who don't all have the same prices and drugs uh, stores all have different prices on the drugs they're selling to you. It's crazy how much knowledge is there out there. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Our relationship with money changes over time. It evolves. It becomes more clarified. I'm a big fan of getting you to retirement. In my career, my relationship with money has changed. In my 20s, I wanted to beat Warren Buffett. I wanted to beat the markets. I wanted to be the best of the best. I was one of the top tech analysts out there. I was great. I came into podcasting 25 years ago before you even knew what a podcast was. Everything I did on radio, I wanted to save and I wanted to repurpose it. And that's how podcasting evolved. Not for me. Uh, CNET Radio did a lot of that kind of work. And CNET Radio paid me a lot of money to work in the Bay Area to talk about investing in tech stocks because I was good at it. So, but my, my relationship with money has changed and hopefully yours has too. I think when you're in your 20s, you don't think about it. I think your hormones are typically are going crazy. So all you think about is the member of the opposite sex pretty aggressively. Or the member of this, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. You think of sex a lot. You think of like, this is my time. I'm going to own the world. I'm going to be the ruler of Westeros. I saw a fantastic article. I did not write this. It is not an email to me. But a young lady came into a large inheritance. Then my boyfriend's true personality emerged. 
that's a great, great setup. Because 26-year-old woman, I think women mature more than men faster, right? Can we go with that cliche? Uh, she writes in the article, my parents were well off. I enjoyed private education, nice vacations, a number of other advantages, but it was always understood that I would go to college, pursue a career, and make my own way through the world. Okay. So her parents are well off, and she lived a upper class or a upper middle class life. I don't know, something like that. Recently, my grandmother died and left me and my siblings each enough money that theoretically we don't have to work unless we want to. I hadn't realized before how sustainable or substantial this inheritance was. I love my work and have no intention of quitting. Everyone knows I'm a worker. But she goes on to talk about her boyfriend, who has changed overnight from being a lovable, down-to-earth guy to being someone I don't recognize. You know how they say power corrupts? Look at the Republicans and Democrats today. You could probably find an example. How about the fact that money corrupts? She goes on to write that he's pressuring her to quit his job, to quit her job, and to work on an unfunded travel blog with him. It's almost as if he hit the gold mine. He was humbled, down to earth, loving and sweet. Falls in love with a woman with a career who's beautiful and has a good sense of money and understanding of life and rules to, to be known as a hard worker is important. She goes on to say that he's become inexplicably rude. The wait staff increasingly conservative views about poor people. The other day, he made an overtly racist joke about our cab driver's nationality and his laziness. She was mortified. When she challenges him on some of his more offensive behaviors, he tells me he's joking. I feel like this challenge on some of his more offensive habits. He tells me he's joking, joking, joking. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, I don't want to break up because I love him, but I'm absolutely blindsided by the change. Is this who he always was? Is this how money will change people? And there's no answer to this. <clears throat> it's almost as if, you know, I've never fallen in love with a woman and suddenly woke up and said, wow, she's five inches taller than me. But I can see how it happens where you've just fallen in love. You can't control it. And like, this is going to be awkward. Oh, I, I did. Um, I'm 6'2". And I did fall in love with a woman who was like 4'11", 5'1". She's tiny. And I didn't realize how awkward we looked until I saw a photo of us together. So how do I prepare for that height difference after the fact? It's something that I really did had to like, I, I don't think I could date a five foot tall woman. I don't think I can marry a five foot tall woman. It's, I just, I have a body issue. And when I see myself in photos, I'm like, ooh, looks like I'm about to eat her. I once did a spot on uh, NBC, the Bay Area. And there's a newscaster on the morning. She's really famous. Her name's Laura. That's all I'm going to say. And they put me on a couch next to her. And I think she might be five foot. And I probably was like 10 pounds overweight. And it looked creepy when I saw it. It literally looked like I was like, come here. I want to eat you. Put you in my mouth and in my belly. She was pretty tiny and I was pretty bloaty. Anyway, um, 
I don't know if there's the right answer to this with this one, but when people show you their true character, I, I think money does change. And, and like in this case, I would tell a young woman, you know, whatever you do, don't commingle that money. You're just boyfriend girlfriend right now. And your grandma gave an inheritance to you, not to him. And if you commingle it, you start getting into the messy. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's his. That's his. And that's mine. That's hers. So one of the pieces of advice I give on a regular basis to people in their twenties is marry wisely. This goes both ways. Yeah, in this case, the cliche of the young woman who inherits and the guy becomes a jerk and looks at it as a gold mine, uh, maybe he's a gold digger, you know. Um, but there's also the cases where, like, I could say marry wisely. Like, uh, I, I've seen a lot of marriages in their twenties last less than one or two, three years, and that can get expensive. Commingling funds should not be offensive to the person you love, or not commingling funds. Um. And it, it's even funny, like when you get into the whole last name thing. Um, my spouse, for a while, she wanted to keep her last name, maybe because she didn't trust me. And then after a period of time, she goes, yeah, I'm going to change my last name. And it didn't make me a better person. It didn't make me a smarter person. I didn't put pressure on her. It didn't make us more sexier, loving couple. No. If you're one of those people who worries about labels like that, just know that your issue goes pretty much so deeper than you think. So do marry wisely and commingling funds shouldn't be offensive. And that comes to the next quick thought of, you know, commingling funds should not be offensive. The, the next words out of your mind are like um, prenup. When she does fall in love with him and he does revert from being a jerk back into the loving sweet guy that he was. Before you get married, get a prenup. And, if you, and that's not saying I'm going to protect everything I have from you. It's saying what's mine's mine, what's yours, yours, within reason. And over time, maybe we'll commingle, maybe we won't. I split from a girlfriend once where I bought a They Might Be Giant CD. And she says she bought They Might Be Giant CD. And she wrote her name on it. I said, you wrote your name on it because you took my CD into work with it. I'm like, oh, forget it. If we're willing to fight over CDs, we're willing to fight over money. If you can't talk about a prenup or a postnup, you shouldn't be married, in my opinion. I know you're saying that's a strong opinion. I know. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Now back to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Talking about how the financial industry works, I think is really important. Because I think we're all pretty naive. And I'm not talking about the 20-year-olds. I'm talking about some of us who are 50-plus. I meet grown men. And sometimes you, you'll hear funny things in sports where you're like, yeah, that's a grown class man. He's a grown class. Like, and you could drop a couple of letters there and figure out what I'm going at. Like, how can he be, how can he be that stupid? It's pretty easy. I know a man who just recently bought a home who's 50 plus. And when he was buying the home, he didn't bother to get a <clears throat> qualified. Someone said, oh, yeah, 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 I'll be able to help you. So he didn't really have this idea of how much he was going to be able to afford. They didn't know each other's, uh, the lender didn't know how much he made. The lender didn't know his credit history, his credit score, his spouse's credit score. This grown man went into a purchase of a home with the last thing to do with lining up his mortgage. What an offer on to buy. 
the real estate agents didn't even check with a lender. I mean, the amount of mistakes going on there was crazy. I had said to him numerous times over adult cocktails, beverages, hey, if you ever need any help in financial issues, like I know a whole team of people that can help. Like I I knew him and his wife were looking for a house and they're friends of ours. They're moving out of our county and it was kind of sad. But at the same time, I know people are going to get stuff done pretty fast usually. It's good having a financial team. Financial teams help you enormously in your life. I've got an accountant. No, not an accountant. Excuse me. I've got a CPA, which I guess is an accountant, right? But think of it more as taxes. I'm not having someone run my business numbers because I don't have a business that I'm directing anymore. I'm now an employee of EP Wealth. (laughs) After 20, 25 years of building a business and running the numbers, I wanted to cash out. (laughs) So who else should be on your financial team? I'm a good mortgage lender. I've used Tony Mendez for the last 20 years on every mortgage I've ever done. I've probably done six or seven. And my last mortgage was at a rate of about 2.5%. Today, rates are around 5.5%. Now, depending on when you listen to the story, this rates can be at 5%. They can be at 45 They can be at 6 What's important to note is have someone who's on your side who gets to know you. When I have an impulse in mortgages, which never happens, but if I did, he'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I need from you. He's like, I already got your driver's license on file, da, 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 da. The fact that he was able to probably give me a preferred rate is pretty sweet because I sent businesses away. I don't know if he gave me a preferred rate or if not, or if he just cut some of his fees out of it. But my friend goes in by his house and uh, he's 50 years old and he, he's, he's getting a loan. If you haven't done one in a few years, it's a lot of paperwork. 12 months of statements from your broker, 12 months of statements from your uh, bank. You're like, oh, I don't get statements anymore. And it's like, so now you got to learn how to log online and go download it. Another person that I would work with, like I said, is a CPA. Um, I don't know all the tax laws. I'm not close to coming out on the show and doing a, a long tax segment. Why? It's a good question. Why? Because you and I are different. You may have a restaurant that you don't tell me about. You're like, yeah, I make $500,000 a year. I'm like, oh, then you should do this. But you don't tell me that it is an entrepreneur and a small business. A good accountant will get to know you. A good mortgage lender will become your friend over time, getting to know you. Um, let's go back to the lender real quick. I like private lenders who can shop banks and brokerages for a loan for you. I've never walked into my bank and said, I'd like to buy a house. Because like the person who works at the bank, and this is mean for me to say, typically if you're good, you're not at the bank anymore. Typically if you're good, you've been sucked up and, and pulled into other areas. The people at the bank who sell mutual funds, the people at the bank who sells mortgage loans, I tend to think look like they're 25 in their first job. I want nothing to do with that. So choose a financial advisor. Um through studies has shown that it's going to increase your returns from about 1.6 million with no advisor to about 3.4 million with an advisor. I think that's worth the time and effort to say, okay, I could hire someone. I don't have to do it myself. 
I said on the show numerous times, I got enough, enough money to last till the day I die. And someone dropped me an email and said, Hey, I have enough money to last till the day I die. And I'm like, good for you. Like, I want to walk away from this and go on a two week, three week, four week vacation. I never did a sabbatical. I never did anything like that in my work career. I've never been unemployed for any period of time. To work with a financial professional, when I go, I'm not going to think twice of what's happening back back home. I'm going to unplug. And when there's grandkids, I'm going to unplug. A 2020 Northwestern Mutual study found that 71% of U.S. adults admit their financial planning needs improvement. However, only 29% of Americans work with a financial advisor. The value of working with a financial advisor varies by person to person. And what is or is not a financial planner uh, or financial advisor or a wealth advisor? There's so many stupid names here. It gets confusing. I'm not a fan of LPL Financial. I I think it's typically, and this is not always, typically, it's a stepping stone into the market. And I don't want a 25, 30-year-old helping you. I go, nope. They may work for a wonderful company, but like even Fidelity. I think Fidelity's financial planners and Vanguard's advisors that you could have Schwab's that you can work with if you have a certain net worth. In my thought, they would start their own firm instead of working for a factory. Now, again, that's just my own thought. It's a bias. It could be wrong. There can be some lovely people at those firms. I just feel that the motivation for education is better on your own <clears throat> and doing it the company's way. Okay, for instance, I had a friend who became a stockbroker right out of college. And he'd call me up and say, hey, Rob, I got this stock for you. And he'd give me the sales pitch on it. I'm like, okay, mark me down for 400. It wasn't quite like that, but you get the idea. And I'll tell you what, he was dumb as a bag of rocks in college. Drank a lot, partied a lot. As a stockbroker, he was dumb as a bag of rocks. He was only allowed to advise what the big firm, Smith Barney, was allowed to, told him. And if he ever did anything outside of it, they would tell him, we're not going to legally represent you if you get sued. So he worked within their recommendations. A recent Vanguard study found out that on average, a hypothetical $500,000 investment would grow over to $3.4 million under the care of a financial advisor over 25 years. Whereas the expected value of self-management would be about $1.69 million or 50% less. So I feel okay working with financial professionals. Now, the only financial professional I really like is one that's a fiduciary. By definition, a fiduciary is an individual who's ethically bound to act in your best interest. So they're not going to be putting you into 5%, 6% commission products. They're not going to be putting you into annuities. Fiduciary financial advisors must avoid conflicts of interest and disclose any potential conflicts of interest to the client. I think that's a good thing. Another reason why I don't mind working with a financial advisor or maybe another nugget that I'll tell you is don't hire the first one you ever meet. EP Wealth has a team of financial planners and they're certified financial planners. So certified is going to put into the world that it's, you see that certification you know that they're fiduciaries. I like that. You can get a lot of information about CFPs at cfp.net. And if your 18-year-old kid were to come to me and say, I'm looking for a career, I'd say, strongly consider getting a college degree and then become a certified financial planner. It's a good career. But you don't want to hire the first one you meet. Because ultimately, 
I, my idea to take a sabbatical, he may go, what are you thinking about? Um, second one may go have really bad breath. I'm like, I'm not going to want to meet with this person every year. Third one may have no teeth. I'm only like, Oh, lunch is out unless it's mashed potatoes. Whatever reason might turn you off. You should meet with the team and EP wealth has financial planners. And if you want, you could meet. That's one of your three that you should interview. Do you see where I'm going out with this? Um, you should find out if they have any specialties when you meet with them. Uh, some financial planners are great for small business owners. Some are great for people with high net worth. I've got a high net worth that I'm now doing some income fund placements that aren't available to people on a, a street level. But it's a, it's a very small amount of money. And yet it's something I have access to because of the specialty of the people I'm working with. Income funds that yield three, four, five percent. Um, they do private placements, things like that. So don't work with a financial planner who has an incompatible strategy with you. If you like stocks and they like index funds, you're going to fight at some point in time. Ask that financial planner in the meeting when you meet with them, whether it's a stockbroker, an LPL, whether it's someone at Schwab or Fidelity, whoever it is. Ask them how they're paid and have them show it to you in writing. Have them show it to you and take it home and keep it. Ask about their credentials. Are they Series 7, Series 6, 6, Series 6, 5? Are they a certified financial planner? The CFP certification is the one that I care about. Um, I wouldn't go with a friend's referral as gold, I would go with a friend's referral as this is one of the three that I can meet. Either referral to financial planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. I, I know some CFPs. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. I really just try to get you to retirement. That's the goal of the show. Um, I don't know if it's always going to work. There's little components like mortgages, insurance, investing, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs. There's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of subsections. I think it's you can boil it down to earn, invest, and save. And then everything falls into, under those categories. Early on in my career, there was a guy named Rick Edelman that I was consummate about reading other people's content and financial ideas. I read about two books a week. And I'll read financial books now, like I did 25 years ago, but I do it from a very leery eye. And I see if I could take something I can use in my own life or on the show. I don't look at it as a Bible. I don't look at it as a roadmap. There is nothing about what anyone else has ever accomplished that I want to recreate. But Rick Edelman did a really nice job reaching out to the average person. And in large part, I think I owe my career to, a little bit to Dave Letterman. When I was uh, in my high school years, I'd stay up and watch Letterman. Typically go to sleep after at around 12, halfway through his monologue. Or I'm sorry, I guess it's one. Or halfway through a show. So Letterman influenced me. Rick Elliman influenced me because I, I liked his approach with the average person. He didn't come across as a Wall Streeter. He didn't come across as, you know, uh, let me give you a quick 
thought on the first time I went to, um, I was highly recruited by a couple of firms and every now and then they'd be like, Oh, come on up for lunch. And you go into Manhattan and you find the Oppenheimer tower and you find out they're on the 85th floor. And I had been around New York, so I understood how high-speed elevators went and things like that. But I had never been up to the executive level. So I get invited to the executive level, and they're having lunch, and they're having people bring you lunch into the business meeting because they don't want to go down the elevator. They don't want to go into the street. They don't want to go to a restaurant and order. They want to say, what do you want for lunch? And then it's brought to the office. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be you know, doing business with you and you covering the cost of me having a chef. So Rick Edelman was kind of a nice approach for me. Who else would be somebody with my influences? Um, I would say Howard Stern on a level. Um, grew up listening to Howard Stern in high school uh, when he was on the radio. And it was kind of refreshing to see, wow, this guy can talk for a whole hour. And he may say a lot of dumb things, a lot of provocative things, um, but those are things we haven't heard on the air before. So maybe you're you're saying, you know, Howard Stern, you know, Rick Edelman. That's totally fair. You can give me Dave Letterman now. Uh, To the point, like Dave Letterman, I haven't really cared about him in 25 years. And I'll still, still, if he's on Netflix interviewing someone, like, well, I want to see how he does. So, um, one of the things that Rick Edelman once wrote 25 years ago in a book called The Truth About Money or The New Rules About Money, he did a couple of books in those, that kind of vein. He said, never own your home outright. Instead, get a big 30-year mortgage and never pay it off, regardless of your age and income. And he talks about mortgages. And he goes, 30-year mortgage is the best. It's the lowest cost with the least amount of risk. It doesn't readjust for inflation, which is amazing. You know, right now, a year ago, you'd pay $10 for, well, this is going to be a really bad example. <laughs> I was going to just say $10 for a carton of eggs. That's going to be so bad. Let's say you spent $5 for eggs. This year, they're going to be spending 6 bucks for eggs. That's a pretty big jump. But on your mortgage, if your mortgage payment is $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 a month, next year, it'll be the same. 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 So the value of that mortgage that you borrowed actually increases as inflation goes up. Your mortgage doesn't affect your home's value in any way, shape, or form. It'll go up or down with or without the mortgage. It's unaffected. If you knew your home was going to fall in value, you wouldn't buy it. You'd rent it. Yet the eventual rise in value will occur whether you have a mortgage or not. So first and foremost, my parents wanted to pay off the mortgage because their parents lost a farm. That's not true. I'm making that up for the example. But our grandparents in the 1920s and 30s, they saw their homes taken away from them because a 30-year mortgage was callable back then or whatever mortgage you signed. That means the bank could say, you know what? This is a really crappy economy. We see a lot of people losing jobs. You need to pay off the farm or the house right now. In 90 days, we're going to take it. And that's how you get into those whole Christmas miracles of old George wants his money back and we can't lose our home. It's Christmas. 
you could back then. And it really affected a lot of people's psychology for a long time. I think a mortgage is the cheapest money you can get. Cars in college. Um, car loans, you know, it's you're set and done in a three or four or five years. Um, out, when you start paying it, you borrow the money for three or four or five years and then you pay it off for a long time. With a mortgage, you're getting a low cost money and you get the ability to pay it off over 30 years. It's not like buying clothes with Visa where they can repossess your sweater or your car. Your homes, you're, you're, you're set there. Mortgage interest is tax deductible. Now that's changed a lot in the years. Mortgage interest is tax favorable. Mortgage payments get easier over time. Your grandparents would say, yeah, when we first bought the house, we didn't have two dimes to rub together. And then later in life, you're like, grandpa, you're worth $3 million. Yeah, it got easier over time. With a mortgage, I refinanced a couple of years ago and I was able to pull money out of a home to buy another home. I was able to sell a chunk of home number one to put down on a home number two. I like mortgages. They're your friends. And Rick Edelman taught me that 25 plus years ago. Carry a big fat mortgage. I'm okay with it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.